This is why we have the best fans in the world. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Lucia. And I'm Caitlin. And this is our 229th episode of Talk Direction. And this is the second time we're recording our (laughs) intro because we just recorded about five minutes of the intro, like our little check-in, and then Caitlin realized that she wasn't recording. Um, And she records herself and our backup audio, so... If she hadn't realized that, we would have done the whole episode and only had my voice recorded. Could you imagine? That would be so horrible. It would have been really awful. Usually I'll check in partway through (laughs) to make sure it's still recording. But like, or I would have realized, I think, because like usually there's things that would trigger it. But my God, thank God (laughs) it was like, even if we'd gone like 15 minutes, that would have been even worse. (laughs) Like we only gone like five minutes in. Yeah. Well, and we were, we were just talking about how both of us are really tired because we haven't get, been getting enough sleep. Caitlin normally gets eight hours of sleep, but she's only been getting six hours. And this is what lack of sleep does to you. Literally, Isn't we were it? joking about how, like, the, oh, I was like, oh, this bodes well for the episode. Both Aww. of us haven't slept at all. Like, all this stuff. And then I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, I'm, I'm not even recording. Yeah. I didn't hit record at all. I'm so sorry to Niall. You don't deserve our messy, our, the messiness that is going to be this episode. But I know. It is what it is. It really is. So, um, Caitlin, how are you? You're not getting enough sleep? I'm not getting enough sleep. Um, yeah, I just, I've kind of been in this rhythm of constantly thinking about moving to Boston and trying to figure out like what stuff to bring, what stuff do I need to buy, coordinating with Laura, who's going to be my roommate there, um, seeing what she has. And like, I, it's just complicated because I don't really have a lot of my own stuff. So it feels like there's so many things to think about when you're moving out for like, I guess, kind of the first time. I mean, obviously I went to college, but like for the most part, there was, like, a dining hall, and, like, I was using, like, dollar store stuff, and then when I lived in England, I left a lot of the stuff that I had purchased when I was living alone there, because it just didn't make sense to take back, um, but now I feel like I'm going into, like, a real apartment, and I'm gonna need furniture, and I need all the stuff that you need when you're living alone, like, yeah. down to things like spices, and, you know, just random crap that you don't think of. And it's just coming really overwhelming because I'll be like, okay, I'm going to spend money on this. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually also have to spend money on this and this and this and this. And there's just like, my brain Mm -hmm. is constantly like twirling around all these thoughts. And like, I don't know, I'm trying to get the good deals and figure out like, when is it right to like spend money on something nice versus like get something that you don't really love, but it's a lot cheaper. Right. Um, So, yeah. But there's things, like, you don't want to invest, like, $50 into something you don't like when maybe, like, the thing you do like is only $20 more. (laughs) But you can't do that with everything because then you end up spending tons of money. So It's really, like, uh, shocking how expensive it is to, like, furnish a house. Because, like, when I moved into my current house, 
like the house I was in before was um, my family's house. Like I had, I was like mm-hmm. paying rent there and they weren't living there, but like there was a bunch of stuff that had been like left over over the years. But when we moved right. into this house, it was like an empty house. And so like I, we didn't put curtains up for like a long time. And then when my mom came to visit, she was like, I'm going to buy you curtains. Um, oh. And it was hundreds of dollars. For curtains, yeah. Which like you're like, wait, what? I keep I keep wondering if my parents are gonna <laughs> offer to buy something for me. To be honest, yeah. it hasn't happened yet. But fingers and crossed. And we didn't even put curtains on every window. We put curtains on like a few main windows, but because you're buying the rods, right? And, and we bought the cheaper like versions at Target. It's not like we were buying yeah. expensive, yeah, curtains. But yeah, it, it's, it's still it's, like, like, really adds up sneaky. ridiculously though. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's oh, it's a, <laughs> such a bummer when you think about everything that goes into having a house. And I've only really got like two, three rooms. Like your house is big, so I imagine how that was overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, how have you been, Lucia? Also not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been okay. I'm definitely doing better this week than I was last week. Um, last week was a pretty terrible week. Mm-hmm. Um. Just because it's like a sad, it's always a sad week for me because it's like the anniversary of when my dad died and like Father's Day in the same week. Um, And like I've been back in therapy, which is great. But also like when you go to therapy, you just like, you know, when you're when you like dig up all of your stuff. Yeah. Then it's just there and then you have to deal with it. And it's like it's, it's almost like if you have like a really, really messy closet and then like you open it and like you put all the stuff on your floor and you have to like go through it. But, like, in the meantime, <laughs> there's just a bunch of crap everywhere. Yes, that's such a good metaphor. That's kind of how I feel right now. Yes. Like, I'm going through it, but, like, I'm definitely not uh, near the end. So right. it's yeah. been, like, yeah, a heavy time. Um, but this week is better just because it's – June is over. June is not mm-hmm. a good time for me. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I haven't been getting enough sleep. Um, but – I am hopeful that I will uh, be getting more sleep in the future. <laughs> Such a weird way to end my sentence. I, I didn't know how to, I didn't know what I was saying or where I was going. <laughs> I felt you. I feel like my like ADHD has been like off the charts bad lately. Mm. Like multiple times a day, I'm just like, oh, my brain is just like not there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're. We're, we're getting through it. <laughs> so today's episode is um, going to be an interesting one because we're doing a new song discussion format that I don't think we've done before. If we have, let us know if you guys like remember, but I don't think we've done it before. I want to say Kara and I did it back with Steal My Girl mm. and Girl Almighty, but... Oh, that's right. You did. I don't think you and I have done it. Yeah. I have never done this format before. So we're talking about two Nile songs, um, and we're going to compare them. Um, and yeah, that's going to be kind of fun to see how that goes. Um, but before we get into it, uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash talkdirection. And if you join our Patreon, you get access to um, Talk Direction Download, which is a 30-minute episode only available to patrons and... Um, last week on TDDL, as we call it, we did our fanfic book club episode where basically we read a fanfic and discuss it. Um, I think it was maybe the longest one we've done. <laughs> it was over an hour. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it was, like, really personal. So mm-hmm. if you want to hear some oversharing, uh, <laughs> you can go listen to that. Um, and then this episode, we have Lucia's garbage pile of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, is basically, my brain is broken this week and I can't think of a topic. So <laughs> I just thought of a bunch of random questions to ask Caitlin. But actually, as I was writing them out, I was like, oh, no, these are good. Yeah. So I think it's going to be good. I'm excited. <laughs> I haven't peaked. It's all going to be a surprise for me. Um, and I feel really happy that this is coming because usually yes. I'm the one who does the garbage question episodes. <laughs> and I'm ready to experience a Lucia garbage question Yes. Episode. Well, over the weekend, me and Caitlin and two of our podcast friends, Martha and Steph, watched... Um, this is us, the One Direction documentary, and so my questions are a little bit inspired by that. Um, Ooh, so. fun! Is it a see. pop quiz? I'm not sure if I'm gonna be able. No, to no, no, no. It's, it's it's all thought questions. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, getting into our discussion today, um, the songs that we're gonna talk about are "Heartbreak Weather" and "San Francisco." Um, I feel like these two songs kind of bookend Niall's album. Um, Still is obviously the last song on the album, so San Francisco is the second to last, but I do feel like Heartbreak Weather and San Francisco do kind of act as bookends. Um, Mm -hmm. And Niall has said in a tweet that these songs relate to each other so much. (laughs) So (laughs) we thought it would be fun to just talk about them side by side and kind of look at the correlations. Um, And we're going to this is kind of a new format for us. Um, so what we're going to do is kind of go over the, the basic stats and like thoughts about each song. And then we'll go through lyric by lyric of each song. Um, so first we have Heartbreak Weather, which is um, the first track on the album and also the title track. And it was written by Niall Horan, Julian Bonetta, John Ryan, and Jamie Scott and produced by Julian Bonetta. <laughs> bless you and it was released (laughs) i couldn't decide if we were gonna cut that out or not (laughs) trying to pause (laughs) in case i wanted to cut it out stupid Uh, okay um it was released march 13th along with the album and uh, we got a sneak peek of this song title and the album title in Niall's video for um, Nice to Meet Ya, where he was walking past a building and there was a poster that said Heartbreak Weather on it. And I know some people, I know Steph was like, that's the title of the album. Some people mm. knew it right away. Yeah. Um, and Niall has spoken about this song um, to The Sun. He said... Heartbreak Weather is where it all stems from. I had the title of that song for ages, and then I wrote the song afterwards. The Heartbreak Weather thing helped me to write the album. I had the concept, and I was able to correlate my feelings with different weather patterns. Heartbreak Weather is about the start of the relationship, and the song's quite a personal song, but I've dressed it up as a happy tune. I'm pretty decent at that. There's a lot of sad songs that are dressed up as happier sounding ones. This has an 80s kind of feel to it. It makes you feel happy as soon as it starts, and that's what I wanted. That's why I wanted to start the album with it, because it really perks your ears up straight away. I absolutely love this song. Um, And he also had a couple tweets about it. Caitlin, do you want to read 
Be sure. Um, a fan said, <clears throat> how much do you love heartbreak weather? It's my jam. And Niall said, heartbreak weather? Don't get me started. I've danced around my <laughs> kitchen to that song for so, for the song for the last year. Um, which I related to a lot because <laughs> this album, like the first time I heard it, just the album in general, and obviously it opens with heartbreak weather. Um, I was dancing around in my kitchen, so yes. I was baking. So it's a good way mm-hmm. to introduce the album. Um, and then the next tweet was someone uh, said, who is Bruno? Bruno Mars? Question mark. And they had sort of screenshotted the lyrics um, and we were dancing, dancing to Bruno, which is um, the lyrics of the song. And Niall replied and said, yes, big part of this album. Um. So, yeah, those are the two tweets. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> I really love that Bruno Mars is a big part of this album. <laughs> yeah, me too. I wonder how he feels about that. <laughs> I know. I want to, like, go back and try to hear, like, Bruno inspiration. Like, yeah. He's a very cool types of mu- type of music and, like, he does. I don't know, a style that's very him. Yeah. Um. So, do you remember your first reaction to this song? I know you said you were dancing dancing around yeah. when, you, when you listened to it. Um, I can't remember, like, specifically if I had anything else besides, like, really being excited and dancing to this song in the album. Yeah. Um, I think maybe the first time I listened was in the car, but, like, I feel like I listened to the album more so when I was baking because mm-hmm. um, I just remember listening on repeat that day. Um, yeah. And just, like, finding it super catchy and... Um, yeah, I think just it opens the album with this just like nice pop jam, like you want to dance. And I think it like prepares you for other songs like Black and White that's going to come that like Mm -hmm. you're also going to want to dance around to um, and like Small Talk. It just, I don't know. It's a good, it's a good song to open the album and like introduce you to what his sort of sound for this era was going to be like. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I do remember being really surprised at just like the sheer pop sound yeah. of it. Because we had gotten um, we had gotten a really interesting mix of singles from him. We got Put a Little Love on Me, Nice to Meet Ya, and um, oh my gosh, why is my mind blanking on the last one? Uh, <laughs> like I'm singing it but I can't think of what it's called uh, 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 no judgment thank you <laughs> welcome <laughs> um those three songs were all really different from each other and none of them were like super poppy like this one mm-hmm. is um so yeah. I remember hearing it and being like holy cow I was not expecting that right. um and I just love I love like 80s like super pop songs so much mm-hmm. um so like yeah this is definitely one of my favorite songs um and it's just like such a jam like you can't help but wanting to dance when it comes on yeah um so yeah I definitely remember just being really surprised and happy with it um and then as far as it being kind of like a the thesis for the album because that's kind of how he talks he talks about it kind of being like what it all stems from um I find it interesting because I think the rest of the album is, like, less poppy than this song. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the, arguably, like, the most, like, pop kind of upbeat song on the album. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, it's interesting because it's like, sets the tone for the album as far as, like, 
this is the beginning of like where the album starts but it doesn't necessarily like tell the story of like what the album is going to be or it doesn't really tip you off what the album is going to be necessarily because it's the start of a relationship yeah um i was gonna say musically it reminds me almost of one direction song perfect where that one is a very pop sonically very pop and i remember Mm -hmm. when i heard it now i love the song but when i heard it originally i was kind of like oh this is not where i wanted them to go like what does this mean for the album um Mm -hmm. and i think in the same way heartbreak weather does that like sonically there might not be songs that sound exactly like this and it kind of goes into different um other types of musical areas i guess Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And like Niall has said in a tweet about San Francisco that that song sums up the whole storyline. So I think like San Francisco is more um, more like representative of the whole album, whereas Heartbreak Weather is like the intro to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is kind of interesting to look at like an intro song as like not necessarily being um, like showing you what the whole album is going to sound like. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it definitely goes along with the theme of like the of heartbreak weather and like yeah. looking at the um, like timeline of a heartbreak and like the weather um, metaphor too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I think we're gonna go into the San Francisco stats now. Um, hopefully, this doesn't feel too jarring <laughs> to listeners. <laughs> Uh, so San Francisco is track 13 of the album and it is second to the last it was written by Niall, Julian Bonetta, Ruth Ann Cunningham and Tobias Gesso Jr I think it's Jr it just says Tobias Gesso here but I feel like I've said his name so many times (laughs) (laughs) produced by Julian Bonetta, Teddy Geiger and Tobias Gesso Jr Uh, oh it's Jr there (laughs) Um, and it was also released with the album on March 13th uh, so Niall has said to the son about this song, um, San Francisco was a tough right too. It was based on the start of the relationship and wanting to go back to where it started. The song was called Take Me Back, but I changed it to San Francisco because the song is basically about San Francisco and the area. Um, so I found that interesting that originally the title was Take Me Back. Same. You changed it. Yeah. And also, if you don't know the following information that I'm going to reveal to you, be ready, because when I found this out, I felt betrayed. Oh, man. <laughs> In an Instagram Live, Niall revealed that the song is actually about San Jose. What? But he didn't make that the title since it seemed a little odd with the tune. When I read that initially, too, I was like, what the hell? Like, come on, Get now. out of here. San Jose. I mean, I'm sorry if you live in San Jose, but it's not San Francisco. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that was, that was like shocking (laughs) it makes sense though because i remember when we did the album discussion and i was like when was niall in san francisco (laughs) like when did that happen and he wasn't he wasn't he was on tour and he was in san jose because he was playing there (laughs) okay i don't know my california geography how far is san jose away from san francisco it's like 45 minutes so is it still considered the bay area yes Yeah, it is considered the Bay Area. The Bay Area is huge. Um, And, like, uh, different regions in the Bay Area are, like, really, really different from each other. Like, even, like, San Francisco and Oakland, which is, like, right across a bridge, are, like, very different places. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And San Jose is like, it's a bigger city, but it's also like a lot more um, suburban. There's, it's kind of more like, I mean, there is like a downtown area and there are some neighborhood areas, but it's much more, at least from my perspective, it's much more suburban and kind of mm-hmm. like strip molly. Okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Like, I feel like if Niall was in San Francisco, it was in San Jose, he'd probably be like in his hotel, maybe like go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and maybe back to the hotel. Okay. Whereas like in San Francisco, I feel like he would be like walking around and like going to right. look at sites. Um, now I just feel like I'm shitting on San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> That's but okay. Just... Like your true love is San Fran. So. Well, I was born in San Francisco and I lived there till I was 19. So. Yeah. I, and I thought the song was about San Francisco, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, Niles tweets about the song. He said, someone asked, um, why is no one talking about San Francisco? And Niles said, I have too many favorites. San Fran, don't get me started. Sums up the whole storyline. Heartbreak weather and that song have so much in common. Um, and then... He said, I'm obviously never going to say why, but the Bay Area has a lot of meaning to this album, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and um, he said that San Jose show will be the hardest on the tour. Oh. I know. And he also said the album starts and finishes in the Bay. Um, so I feel like from these tweets, we can kind of gather that my kind of the thing I said about the bookends is, like, pretty true. Yeah. Um, And I think probably still is, like, you know, related to these songs as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But him kind of referencing San Francisco specifically as being related to Heartbreak Weather um, and, you know, starting and finishing in the Bay, I think. Yeah. That makes it pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, So do you remember your first time listening to this song and what your thoughts were? Um, I think I remember it sounding different than other songs on the album and maybe noticing that a bit more Mm -hmm. um I don't I just I think I remember that like we talked about it right away and you had said that it was one of your favorites yeah um and I think I don't remember what that made me feel (laughs) I remember that (laughs) I think I liked it right away yeah Um, but it's very tied in with me knowing that you also really liked it I guess oh yeah interesting I'm trying to see if I texted you about it sometime. <laughs> see what I would have said. Uh, Are you yeah, like searching San Francisco? In yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think, yeah, no, I thought it was really pretty. I love the title being like a city. Um, I like just the references to how sort of an area can take on, um, like a city can take on a whole emotion and like, Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought that was really pretty, and I really liked the lyrics. Um, yeah, and I think I really liked the bridge, if I'm recalling. But I'm, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll get all into it. Um, but yeah, I feel like both of these songs do pretty well as standalone songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of surprised that Heartbreak Weather wasn't made a single. I know, because it's so it's just so catchy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that sort of at the end, like, um, when we, when we do our wrap up thoughts. Um, so we're going to go through the lyrics now and we'll kind of probably reference, um, each song with each other, like as we, with them, with reference each song with each other. That's not 
that's not a <laughs> grammatically correct sentence. We'll probably talk about the connections between the songs as we go, um, but probably more so when we go over San Francisco since that will be the second set of lyrics we go through. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to start with Heartbreak Weather. And first we need to talk about this title. Um, this is a title, Heartbreak Weather. Yes. Um, I love this title for a song and an album. I think it's perfect. Um, and I think it's perfect as like a title track. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of this title? Um, yeah, I think it's it like represents the album well and it I don't know, it it definitely makes you realize like all the, like try to think about all the connections that are to, gonna come in each um, song about like what weather is this representing or what part of heartbreak is this representing? So it feels like it takes on a, a good meaning for the album because like every song could be a different emotion or a different weather. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also know like, we kind of knew a bit that Niall had had this concept of heartbreak weather before he even had like written the album or even written this song. Like he liked that like wording and concept and idea. Um, And so to me, that means like he was sort of in his own self-reflection of his emotions and what he'd been going through. I think he probably sort of self-described it as heartbreak weather and that's how it came to be like the album title and the Mm -hmm. song title. Um, so that's just interesting to me because he probably felt like he had a lot of tumultuous different emotions going on in the past, like over the past couple years and the heartbreak he'd experienced. Um, and yeah, and then he wanted to use that as inspiration for the album and the concept of the album, but also the song as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the intro of the song um it starts with this song is like very um like synth heavy and there's a lot going on like musically um it's definitely much more of like a a kind of electronic song like you imagine if they were to perform it live there would be like a lot of keyboards happening (laughs) it's not like just a guitar Mm -hmm. piano drum song um and i feel like from the second this song starts um you're like hooked because the yeah. synths like the synth noises fade in in that way that it's like wow like I don't know how to describe it but they just like fade it like fade in in this like way that just grabs you um is there any like singing or is that all synth like the ooing sound the ooing is singing okay yeah the woos and those yeah. yeah those come in after so like it starts with the the synths and then the electric guitars and like loud drums and then you hear like the woos um mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like with the woos and the electric guitars, like you're hooked even more. Um, yeah. It's just such a catchy song. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else about the intro or should we get into the first verse? Um, just my question about the ooing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first verse, um, would you like to read it, Caitlin? Sure. These verses are long for verses. Like I know when I was are. going through them, I was like, it just the like the same rhyming pattern or like the same pattern happens like double the time you would think it would. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay, I swear there was lightning coming from your eyes, starting a fire in our hotel room, and yeah, we were dancing, dancing to Bruno, and I couldn't turn away from you. Yeah, I saw you smiling, breaking the silence, telling me just what you want. There in the moment, I was reminded I haven't felt this way in a while. Wonderful. Like it's a double verse. 
Yeah. And I feel like part of that is because, like, his singing is very um, rhythmic. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I feel like that's partially why, like, the verse is so long, because he's not, like, he's not, like, um, elongating the words, like, over the, the music. He's kind of, like, singing in this, like, um, more, like, rhythmic way, mm-hmm. where, like... It's like a, a talking, almost. Yeah, and, like, a, almost, like, every beat has, like, a word. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I love this verse i feel like too on the music side like when he starts singing this first verse you get you get that like super like bouncy thick bass Mm. um that's just like so good and then um also that like kind of plucky like funky electric guitar over the top that's like really fun there's just like so much so much like fun stuff happening in the music yeah um and i feel like his singing in the verses is like really smooth like it's rhythmic but also like really smooth yeah, definitely. At the same time. Yeah, um, and I think it's a kind of a new style for Niall to sing like this, because I don't know how much we heard it on yeah. the last album, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think you're right, because I think on the last album, he did a lot more of like the more like elongated word type of singing, mm-hmm. because he was singing a lot more like folksy yeah. sounding songs, whereas yeah. this is like such a pop song. Right, that makes sense. Um... And then as far as the lyrics, um, what were your takeaways? Um, I think right away I saw a lot of weather lyrics, um, Mm -hmm. starting with, I swear there was lightning coming from your eyes. Uh, Lightning, first weather lyric of the song and of the (laughs) album. Um, It had actually brought me to Girl Almighty, like Mm -hmm. the references there where um, the lyrics are, let's have another toast to the girl almighty. Let's pray we stay young, stay made of lightning. Um, so I just thought this concept of like lightning from your eyes or living like lightning and staying like lightning or describing a person as having lightning. Yeah. Um, I saw that connection there. And I think it just is about like, I don't know what I get from this opening, opening, um, uh, Wait, isn't there a fire reference on Girl Almighty 2? Or no, I'm thinking of End of the Day, I think. There's a lot of fire references, and I think you did a whole TDDL where you referenced <laughs> every did. fire, every like time they said fire. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I think there's a document in our Google Drive that's like One Direction Fire. <laughs> yep. Um, but I think, I think the idea of like light and lightning um, is just like someone's so bright and exciting, and it's those really like lightning is like sparks and like electricity it's like that part of a relationship um that is so exciting and like when he looks at her he sees that spark in her eyes and that electricity and it feels like the whole room's lighting up Mm -hmm. um and he's kind of realizing that uh he hasn't felt this way in a while and it kind of like almost references another heartbreak that had previously happened where he's kind of been in been in this low point where he hasn't felt these lightning and sparks in a while um and then this new person he meets kind of reawakens something in him Mm -hmm. um and yeah um so i i noticed that a lot and then uh additionally i the line telling me just what you want um just kind of connected to how niall often portrays his partners in um songs where they're very uh self-directed and not 
passive, which I think sometimes women, especially in songs, can be passive where they're just kind of like doing what if it's a male singer. Mm-hmm. Um, but Niall, I know he he makes the point to write it that way. Yeah. Um, but also maybe that's his experience. Um, yeah. Because like in this one, she's telling me just what you want. Um, mm-hmm. And then like slow hands uh, the lines. We should take this back to my place. That's what she said right to my face. Um, small talk turn around she's walking to me um and like in that in small talk the girl like walks to him and he kind of like is scared of her a bit um because she kind of knows what she wants yeah um but yeah I just I saw that theme come up in this song as well definitely that's like one of my favorite things about Niall's writing honestly Mm -hmm. um because he's he's put that in quite a few songs yeah um in a way that's like very obvious and yeah yeah, I just really like that. Um, it's even more apparent. I don't know if we should talk about this now because we're not there yet, but I feel like we should because it's the same thing. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> cannot speak today. Um, <laughs> but later in the song, um, he says, um, where is it? Oh, God, now I can't find it. Is it in the second verse? You're yes. taking your clothes Thank off. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the second verse, he says, you're taking your clothes off. You look in the mirror, telling me just what you want. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously similar to the ending of this first verse. But um, yeah, I just like, I picture like this woman like getting naked and like looking at herself in the mirror and being like, yes. yeah, I'm so hot. And then like <laughs> telling Nile what she wants to do. Yes, I love it. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's not, it's not that like, I take off your dress and like, you know, yeah. whatever. It's like she's like getting her own self naked. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like especially like talking about like the male gaze. Like yes. this is literally her gaze at herself in the mirror. Yes. The- I love it. It's yeah, it's so good. Um Yeah. And then um I also really like the um like the way that the um the verses and the like choruses kind of like move into each other yeah because like when he goes from the verse into the pre-chorus um it's like i haven't felt this way in a while blinded by the sparks like it's almost the right. same yes. sentence he's like describing it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then one last thing about the first verse too is like it's kind of interesting to think about like the weather aspect and like the like um lightning and sparks and all of that because I feel like when you talk when you think of like a new relationship like that's kind of what you think of as like sparks and like lightning um whereas like you don't necessarily think of like a peaceful sunny day right (laughs) because like while lightning and sparks are really cool and exciting they also indicate a thunderstorm yes and like dark bad weather Right. Um, and, and the next line, blinded by the sparks, it's like, yes. that's not good. Like, he right. couldn't see, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's like that difference between, like, maybe finding your true love or being content in a relationship where you mm-hmm. might talk about, like, a sunny day versus, right. like, this, which is, like, lightning and sparks and fire. Right. <laughs> it's, I, we just discussed golden, and that's it reminds yeah. me of that. Where oh, it's totally. like, in parts of it, it sounds like the sun is doing a good job in the song, but also parts of it, it's like not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like too hot. But at first, yes. maybe it's nice, and then it gets too hot, and it's too yeah. bright for him. That's mm-hmm. the line. Is like, you were way too bright for me. It's that same feeling of like, 
you know, something so brilliant or so exciting, but you don't really realize that it might be burning you in the end. Yeah, definitely. Did you have anything more about the first verse? No. Okay. Um, So then we get to the pre-chorus, which is, blinded by the sparks, we were driving around in the dark, finding reasons to stay where we are. Um, And again, the verse to the chorus, the verse to the pre-chorus to the chorus, they all kind of like move into each other. Um, Mm -hmm. They're not like super separated. Um, But I like, I like the line, we were driving around in the dark. Um, And also like finding reasons to stay where we are just reminds me of like, when you like just want to hang out with someone and so you like make up reasons yeah to like stay at their house or like it sounds like for this song it's more like maybe finding reasons to like stay like in the city that they were in Mm -hmm. um or at that moment in their relationship not moving mm -hmm. forward not going back just kind of like being happy in this sparking exciting moment yes that too Um, I felt like the Blinded by the Sparks also sort of connects to San Francisco because it's like that foreshadowing that uh, the end of the relationship will be happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And in San Francisco, there are the lyrics, I know what we had would never last. So it was like there was a self-awareness that by trying to stay where they are now, they like he knew he was being blinded by the sparks and he knew that it was going to break like they were going to break up in the end. But they were just kind of finding reasons to, like, stay in this moment. Um, Totally. Yeah. I also um, just was kind of looking up the, like, different songs that have Driving Around in the Dark. Because I think that's a big sort of imagery, set of images I see in a lot of songs. Um, It made me think of Style by Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. Um, The lyrics are, Midnight, you come and pick me up. No headlights, long drive at night. And then story of my life. Um, the story of my life, I take her home. I drive all night to keep her warm. I think there's a lot of songs. Um, those were the two I thought of off the top of my head, but have this idea of driving at night and it almost being this like protective place to be, almost like a bubble where it's yeah. like you can stay in that moment and like the rest of the real world can be blocked out. Um And I think maybe for celebrities, too, nighttime driving gives them a sense of, like, privacy that Mm -hmm. being with someone during the day where people can see you is not there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. I feel like, um, yeah, that's especially relevant to, like, um, I feel like I like a lot of kind of, like, famous people or, like, celebrities will, like, have those kind of lyrics because, Mm -hmm. like, a lot of their life is more like out in the open so it's like wanting to kind of hide yeah um yeah it also like reminded me of um this other song that i feel like i've heard niall talk about but like i completely can't think of what it is but i'm i have a feeling it's gonna come to me during the episode so i'll come back to it when it does okay um should we move into the chorus Hmm? Shall we move into the chorus? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you like said a statement, but it was a question. I thought you said, "All right, we'll move into the chorus." And I was like, "All right." <laughs> so, um, 
So the chorus is, all of my life I've been sleepwalk living, running around the same bars I've been in. It can be so lonely in this city, but it feels different when you're with me. All of my life it's been heartbreak weather, thinking to myself it won't get better. It can be so lonely in this city, but it feels different when you're with me. I feel like the first one I, ra- I read in the syncopation of the song, <laughs> the lonely, and then I tried to read it yeah. normally in the second one. It didn't work. <laughs> the syncopation is really prominent in this. The lonely. It's yeah, hard to get. It can be so lonely in this city. <laughs> yeah. It's that like rhythm thing you were talking about at the beginning. Yeah. It, I think it, in this way, it, it allows for like the E sounds, like the assonance to be more prominent where it's like it can be so lonely in this city mm. like when you're with me um, yes. I feel like it just makes it more catchy and it has that like interesting rhythm it creates by emphasizing all those e sounds yeah totally um one of my favorite parts of the song is well I love the but it feels different when you're with me mm-hmm. I mean the rhythm of it is so good and then also they there's harmonies on it um Mm. but they like build at each chorus so I feel like the first chorus the first chorus they're like maybe they're not even there on the first chorus and they come in at later choruses or maybe they're there but they're quiet on the first chorus and you hear them more and more on later choruses but it's just like really satisfying to hear that Mm. like type of singing because it's kind of like I mean it's it's quiet in the sense that like when they you know, mixed, like, the song. They made those harmonies quiet. But the people who are singing the harmonies, maybe it was just, like, Niall, <laughs> were, like, really loud. Yeah. Um, and it has that kind of, like, sing-along vibe that I um, – I feel like uh, when we talked about Louis' um, live version of Two of Us and he had mm-hmm. his whole band singing low harmonies and it kind of had that like Mumford and Sons feel to it yes I feel like this is like that kind of harmony where it's it's low harmonies and it's like sung really loud in this kind of like sing-along chorus way Mm -hmm. there's just something like very satisfying about that to me yeah I love when like harmonies build too on each chorus and choruses can be differentiated yes each other it feels like it makes a song sort of move in a different way than if it's all the same chorus yeah yeah definitely I also really like the um lyrically kind of the concept of like um a city being feeling really lonely but like uh but it feels different when you're with me like how a person can like totally change your thoughts or feelings about like a place yeah um and not even just like romantically but like I feel like um when I lived in Oakland when I had like really awesome friend group I like loved being in Oakland Mm -hmm. and then when I was like when my like you know people started to move away and like I didn't have that anymore like I kind of hated it (laughs) yeah and just like that concept of how like a city can feel so different or like a place can feel so different like just because like a person is there or not there yeah definitely um I've definitely experienced that yeah I lived alone in cities and then like if someone came and visited me it's like oh my gosh it's totally different like I want to go out I want to explore the city I want to be there and I love it and then like when I'm alone it's like I'm just gonna sit in my bed and be like lonely and that just watch YouTube (laughs) that's how I feel about Portland right now because like being here alone like I am just like lonely and I'm like 
I, I'm like, it's pretty sad here. Like, I want to move yeah. back to California. But when I have, like, my mom visit or, like, friends visit, I'm like, oh, it's so fun and cool here. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to enjoy a city and, like, all that it has when you're alone. It's like yeah. you want to often enjoy things with other people. And, like, I can totally enjoy things alone, but, like, in the long term, it's hard to. Like, you get mm-hmm. very jaded and used yeah. to your situation. Yeah. I also really like the line, I've been sleepwalk living. Same. Uh, I just feel like it's such a good, uh, such a good line. Um, yeah. To just, like, so describe, case- like, sleepwalking through life. Mm-hmm. He's just been going through the motions mm-hmm. and, like, you know, not really yeah. feeling it. <laughs> and now all of a sudden things are different. He has yeah. a new perspective yes. on life and on the city. Mm-hmm. Um, what else was I going to say about this? Oh, yeah. All of my life it's been heartbreak weather. It seems like he's, like, just referencing a whole bunch of bad relationships mm-hmm. um, that he had and sort of the emotions he went through a little like nod back to his last album too i think um Mm -hmm. where there was a lot of talking about breakup and sadness and relationships ending yeah um and then sort of he had this idea that he would never find someone he says thinking to myself it won't get better like he's kind of feeling like this is how it's always going to be um until this person came into his life um But it's kind of sad hearing that line, especially when comparing it to San Francisco, where once again, the relationship ends and he's back in this sort of longing and heartbreak weather state. So (laughs) did it truly get better or did it not? You know, like maybe the clouds parted, but um, then we know that it ends in the end. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just... I thought that was interesting, but also I think it's part of your mental state where you're like, like your own state of mind. If you just, if just because a relationship ends doesn't mean that you're somehow in this rut of, you know, heartbreak weather, mm-hmm. you know, most relationships end, I guess right. is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm making sense. But you are. <laughs> okay. To me at least. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then we have verse two. Do you want to read that? Sure. Yeah, it was magic. You were a vision watching the way your body moves. You're taking your clothes off. You look in the mirror, telling me just what you want. So this is like half the length of the other verse, which is interesting. Yeah, it is. They just did a really long opening verse. Mm-hmm. And see, this is like a perfect example of how you can have a sexy lyric where you're talking about a woman you're attracted to and you're talking about her body and you're talking about mm-hmm. her in a sexy way, but it's not gross or objectifying. Yes. Like he so says, you're a vision. Pretty. I'm watching the way your body moves. But yeah. the way that he adds, like, she takes her clothes off, she, you look in the mirror, like, tell me just what you want. Like, it's not hard. <laughs> it really is. I mean, There's not to discredit Niall, like, to I it. love... I like not I'm not saying it's not hard like this is right. wasn't this was an easy song to write but I just mean no. like I got it's you. possible yeah <laughs> um I love the yeah it was magic you were a vision mm-hmm. I really like that bit yeah I mean the whole this whole verse is like probably my favorite lyrically of the mm-hmm. song 
it makes me wonder like because it's in past tense from what point in the relationship is he recalling this yeah the song still seems like it's in a happy space unlike maybe golden where there's a little bit more negativity in it Mm -hmm. um this feels like it's still in that happy space so it doesn't feel like he's writing it after the relationship ended i guess but it's still past tense maybe it's just like recalling one of like the first times they had sex or something yeah because he goes back and forth because he says it was magic you were a vision but then Mm -hmm. you're taking your clothes off you look in the mirror so it kind of goes back and forth it might just be like a stylistic thing. Yeah, of like that makes sense. How he wanted to, yeah, word it. Um, I really like the contrast of the verses that kind of are like really smooth and like bass heavy, and then the chorus, which is like loud drums and like synth. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that kind of contrast is like what keeps the song exciting because as as exciting and like fun as the chorus is um i feel like the the like kind of smooth like bass verses like make it even more exciting because Mm -hmm. it like goes away and like comes back yeah almost like end of the day how it had that very Mm, different end of the day chorus was like really loud and like sing-alongy and then the verses were more chill right i feel like this is a like hallmark of like those kind of 80s songs where like you mm-hmm. have these like really bass heavy like smooth verses and then like loud mm-hmm. like bouncy choruses yeah anything else about this verse nope okay so then we have the second pre-chorus which is um quite similar to the first um it is and i was blinded by the sparks i was holding you close in the dark finding reasons to stay where we are so it's actually the same except for the line I was holding you close in the dark in the first pre-chorus it is we were driving around in the dark. Mm. So I feel like it's like a progression like yeah. they're driving around in the dark and then and then now they're like at the hotel or whatever. Yeah. And I I think the lyrics like holding you close make me think it's more like intimate. I feel like that mm-hmm. adds affection to it. Yeah. I don't know. There's some sort of like tenderness to holding you close in the dark. I agree. Um, And then we have the second chorus, which is same as the first. Um, And then we have the bridge, which is my favorite part of the song. I feel like this bridge is a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. It is so good. Um, So the bridge, um, the lyrics are, uh, you, that's what I've been missing, was tangled up and twisted, which, side note, until uh, I sat down to do this song discussion, I thought it was uh, words tangled up and twisted. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what I thought it was. I didn't even know Bruno was mentioned in this song to be honest, <laughs> until I looked at it. So I could have also thought this part was different. I thought it was you. That's what I've been missing. Words tangled up and twisted. Yeah, but that makes was sense too. tangled up and twisted. Um, now all the clouds been lifted. Lately, my heart's been so empty. Um, and then it repeats, uh, twice. So, um, musically when we get to the bridge, so we like are in that second chorus and it's like really loud and like drums and like super fun. And we get to the bridge, the like music turns into almost like a slow-mo feel. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the drums are gone. Like, you hear the keyboards and, like, that fun guitar. Um, and then you hear, like, the woos and, like, the snaps come in. Yeah, I think love we heard the snapping. Before, right? Um, and then it, like, goes quiet. And then, like, before the last chorus comes in, like, you have those big, um, like, Phil Collins drums. Yes! And I feel like the way that the music fades before those big drums come in it's like it's just really well constructed I feel like the pieces of the music like drop in this rhythmic way that like matches his singing mm-hmm. um he's like because he sings now all the clouds been lifted lately my heart's been so empty and I feel like the snaps like drop on uh lifted and then like I just feel like every word he says like another piece of the music like drops out Mm-hmm. And then it's, like, quiet. And then you get, like, the drums. I don't know. There's something about the way that it's structured that just, like, yeah. really gets me. And and with that last one, lately my heart's been so empty. And then it's, like, that's really sad that his heart's been empty. And uh-huh. then you, like, get the drums. And then you're, like, wait, there's a second part of that sentence. Yeah. Which is, but <laughs> it feels different when you're with me. And you're, like, oh, it's resolved. It's okay. Yeah. It's, like, he was sad. But then it's, like bam come on in like no it's great like yes i don't know like <laughs> wait a second it's positive <laughs> yeah and that's like the funnest part to saying like yes it's like that quiet like slow-mo bridge like lately my heart's been so empty and but it feels different when you yes. it's just like so fun to sing yes i um, totally agree and also like i feel like the um interesting thing about this like bridge into chorus situation is um the vocals in the chorus are actually lower than the end of the bridge but it still Mm -hmm. feels like a build because they're like louder Mm -hmm. which i just feel like is interesting musically um because like when he sings um lately my heart's been so empty like you expect the next line that's going to be like the big climactic line to be like higher like you expect someone to like go up in in pitch Mm -hmm. um but he actually goes down he sings like lower but just because it's so loud, mm. it, like, feels like it's rising even though it's falling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Which I feel like also kind of mirrors the lyrical kind of content of the song of, like, that contrast of, like, things are, like, exciting and happening and it's a spark and, like, there's this thing building. But, like, actually it's being set up to fall. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure that wasn't intentional, but <laughs> just yeah. interesting. Yeah. No, it definitely is. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Um, oh. And then also I feel like, because uh, we know this song is, like, about San Francisco or San Jose. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I first heard it, when I was first, like, th- going over it before I knew it was about San Jose, um, I thought the line, now all the clouds been lifted, was really interesting because San Francisco is, like, it's a place with a lot of weather. Um, Mm. and it's also often, like, very foggy. Um, there's, like, uh, a lot of fog in San Francisco that comes in from the ocean. Um, and so I thought that was, like, interesting of, like, the clouds being lifted. Because that is, like, something that happens in San Francisco all the time. Like, it'll be really foggy and then the fog will, like, disappear. Like, the sun will come out. Wow. I thought maybe that was a reference to that, but. Yeah, I mean, it could still be. It could, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another heartbreak weather reference. Yeah. 
Um, I don't think I had really anything else besides that line that now all the clouds have been lifted. Okay. Oh, actually, um, yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the structure of like the you. That's what I've been missing. Was tangled up and twisted. Mm. Now all the clouds been lifted. It's like an uh, just the structure of those three lines. Yes. Um, and even I guess the fourth one lately, it's like. Mm-hmm. there's the descriptor in the front and then like he tells us the content of it you was now lately there's a lot of time in was now lately they're all like time temporal references oh um, yeah yeah and i just i like the sort of structure of each of those being paralleled um yeah. both like like this the rhythm of it but also just lyrically it's interesting totally yeah i really like that too um, and then we end on that last chorus um, that we kind of have been talking about. Um, and then it fades out. Which mm-hmm. I feel like is interesting because I feel like a lot of his songs don't fade out. They, like, end on a note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one fades out. And it so, has, like, the echoing sort of quiet, it feels different when you're with me, like, repeated at the end. Like, as it's yes. fading. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like this song is quite underrated, to be honest. Like, yeah, I feel like this should be on radio. It's just so good and so fun. Maybe it'll become a single one day. <laughs> Maybe it will. So now we're just going to go right into San Francisco. Um, and... This song, uh, when I first heard it, um, I oh I don't I didn't talk about my first impressions in the beginning. Oh, I forgot to. <laughs> well, that's okay. We'll do it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was the song I was most excited for because of the title. Because I grew up in San Francisco, um, and when I heard it, I loved it. I was not disappointed. Um, the song is like very easy to harmonize on, and I kind of wonder why he didn't add more harmonies to it. Um, because mm. I feel like when I'm singing it, I just like naturally just like sing in a harmony because it's like mm-hmm. just so there. Um, and then also it really sounds like a country song. Yes, it's so country. Totally. Like the first time I heard it, I was like, it kind of sounds like a Sam Hunt song, like kind of like that modern like R and B influenced country. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which I was like very pleasantly surprised by. I mean, a lot of Niall's songs on his first album were like very folksy, which can lead into country pretty easily. But mm-hmm. I didn't expect seeing this kind blind of... too with Marin Morris. Oh, artist. that's right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I didn't really expect this kind of um, country song from him. But... And like the lyrics too. Yeah, like I guess we'll get into it. But there's a lot of lyrics that lean very country style as well. Absolutely, yeah. I have a lot about that, um, which yeah, I guess I can we can get into when we actually discuss the lyrics. Um, but I feel like too the like the dichotomies of these songs, like it's really funny when you think about like the genres because San Francisco is like the sad song and it's like this like sad like country song, which mm-hmm. I feel like sad country songs are like very much a thing. Yes. And then Heartbreak Weather is, like, an upbeat 80s pop song. Yes. Which is also, like, very much a thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a really, like, 
obvious like dichotomy between the two mm-hmm. um like genre wise yeah that is um, really true yeah and then i feel like some of these notes might be better at the end but i don't know it's confusing because like obviously we're connecting the song so i'm like i don't know what to say when <laughs> but i'll just say this now <laughs> um i really like kind of the project the trajectory of the album it almost is like a loop the album because like when I listen to the album as as like a whole um, on Spotify it'll like start at the beginning so you hear still and then heartbreak weather starts Mm -hmm. and it's like even after all this like pain and sadness it's like okay here we go again (laughs) yeah yeah that's what like how heartbreak weather weather references old heartbreak yeah it's like then you get to the end of the album and then it's like he's referencing the heartbreak he just sang about yes and it could almost be like a loop like San Francisco could go into Heartbreak Weather like he's sad about this girl in San Francisco, but then he meets someone new in Heartbreak right. Weather. Especially like, because the lyrics in in San Francisco and what was going to be the title are "Take Me Back, Take uh-huh. Me Back." It's like "Take Me Back to the Beginning." Yeah, um, I had this like memory of the movie Five Hundred Days of Summer. <gasps> I really have been wanting to rewatch that. Really? Okay, I don't remember the plot, but didn't wasn't that wasn't that part of it? Like at the end. He, like, started over. Like, wasn't it, yes, like, a loop? that is what happened. Yeah. Like, totally. Like, he meets someone named, like, Autumn. Yes, 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 and, like, yes, yes. The other person's name was, like, June or Summer. Oh, it was Summer, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> the other person's yes. name was June. <laughs> yeah, at the end, he meets someone named Autumn. But, yeah, it's, like, the same concept, especially That's with, like, the so weather. Because I wonder if he got Niall was inspired. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised it makes sense it does and i could see joseph gordon levitt and niall having things in common yeah (laughs) totally (laughs) they seem like that's a similar type of guy yeah um okay so the title of this song san francisco i kind of already said my thoughts about it it's like my city so of course i love it um what what are your thoughts of this title um, yeah, I mean, I love a title that is a city. I think that it brings you to a time and a space and it allows you to think of what San Francisco means to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's that type of specificity we've talked about before where it's like a lot of people and I hear even songwriters talking about this, which pisses me off, actually, <laughs> where they'll be like, you want you, you want to make the lyrics general enough that everyone can apply their own situation. And I'm right. like, no. No, screw that. Make yeah. it specific so you can feel it and you can really mm-hmm. get into the emotion. Like, I connect with things when I really feel it and, like, I know exactly what they're going through. Plus, like, I just, I don't know. I like that better. It just feels more real to me and it feels like they were really experiencing something rather than, like, a, a group of songwriters in a room constructing, right. you know, a, a concept. Yes. So, like, when you have a title that's so specific, even though it turns out it wasn't actually San Francisco... Like, I don't know why I said that so weird. <laughs> San Francisco. San Francisco. <laughs> um, even though it wasn't that city, it still has that same feeling. And it creates that same feeling of, like, it takes you exactly to that space. You can, I think the emotions become stronger because you know it's, like, tied up with, I don't know, some physical sense of something is linked to the emotions, which yeah. I, I prefer. Me too. Yeah. And I think too, like, I think the fact that this song is more sad, like lends itself to that kind of authenticity. 
mm-hmm. um, because it's like I feel like this song, like the specificity, like specificity, makes it more authentic. Yeah, and like this is like a sad, like more honest song versus Heartbreak Weather. That was more like fun, exciting, like reckless, like maybe knowing it might crash and burn, but doing it anyways, mm-hmm. um, which I feel like lends itself to more like frivolous lyrics or like uh, less specific lyrics because yeah, that's very true of like the nature of the song. Whereas mm-hmm. this one, because it's so like sad and like vulnerable, like it just lends itself more to like the specificity um, and like, yeah, because it's obviously the city is named San Francisco. Whereas Heartbreak Weather, he says it can be lo- so lonely in this city. Mm-hmm. It could be any city in the world. Like, right. you don't know. Yeah. Whereas this song yeah. is, like, it's San Francisco. Yeah. Um, even though it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, so the intro to this song, it starts with some piano. Some very specific piano. It's, like, loud. It so- almost sounds like stadium piano. <laughs> That's a mm-hmm. thing. And it really reminds me of Journey. I don't know why. Mm. I, it just really does. And maybe it's because I already was, like, being led there because Journey was, like, formed in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, maybe Niall did that on purpose because he knows that. Yeah. Um, I, it, it reminded me of Billy Joel, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it was Piano Man, but I wasn't sure. Could have been New York State of Mind. I think New York State of Mind has that, like, same, okay, like, that, that drum, like be, loud that piano. Be. Yeah, at the, at the beginning where it, like, opens the song. Mm-hmm. And even, like, the actual notes of the piano mm-hmm. were somehow similar to that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so it starts with this, like, piano and, like, I feel like I kind of heard, like, a little bit of Journey and I was like, oh, is this going to be, like, a stadium rock song? But then he starts singing, and it's like, oh, wait, what? This is a country song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to read the first verse? Sure. Moon shining, sun rising, you're the one I want to wake up to. Lights fading, I'm changing, overthinking, I don't know what to do. Wonderful. Um, I feel like even the, like, moon shining sun rising is like such a country song yes and the Weird. way he sings he's like moon shining sun it sounds like moonshine <laughs> yes too. it does yeah right? yeah i think yeah. they're also like short descriptors that really creates a space for you to be in mm-hmm. like it's not like the moon was shining it's just like moon shining sun rising which yes. i think is something i see in country sort of like these statements of what the world looks like yeah the area they're in or the description totally lights fading i'm changing they're just sort of very short choppy phrases yeah yeah and i feel like it really is like evocative like you're the one i want to wake up to like moon shining sun rising you're the one i want to wake up to kind of makes me think of like someone like staying up till dawn Mm -hmm. um like being or or like waking up really early and just like being alone um, mm-hmm. but yeah, something about like moon shining, sun rising just like makes me think of like being up all night. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, lights fading, I'm changing, overthinking, I don't know what to do. Like just this like internal turmoil. Yeah. I also thought like the moon shining, sun rising and the lights fading and changing could also be like passage of time. 
like mm. the moon shining then the sun's rising then the light's fading and then like time oh, wow, is passing yeah. yeah too and like he realizes that he's also changing internally and like right. changing from who he was and like time is passing yeah i don't know i really like that and i feel like that's totally like relevant because um like i feel like uh like in heartbreak weather um you mentioned the like time like in the bridge where he's like lately my heart's been so empty uh was tangled up and twisted now all the Mm -hmm. clouds been lifted like that those are like all time like yeah descriptors um and i can totally see like moonshining sunrising like being like days going by and like time just passing Mm -hmm. um which i feel like is too like related to the heartbreak weather theme of like weather Mm -hmm. and like going through a year like going through going through snow and winter and then spring and then summer and then fall and like yeah, because sun rising, it's, like, also related to, like, the clouds parting and the sun rising. Yeah. Uh, and then also, like, lights fading and sun rising also relates to, um, especially lights fading, is, like, the person described in Heartbreak Weather was really bright and had lightning and was yeah. whatever, and now that's fading. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like sort of fading on the relationship, fading on. Right. I don't know. Yeah, and I feel like there's such a correlation there because he talks about, you're the one I want to wake up to, light's fading. Um, and then, like you said, in Heartbreak Weather, uh, he's, he describes this person by saying, I swear there was lightning coming from your eyes, blinded by the sparks, um, and now all the clouds have been lifted. So, like, all these, mm-hmm. like, descriptors of, like, light of this person yeah. being in his life and then now it's like fading away. Yeah. In San Francisco. Anything else about that verse? Um no, I don't think so. Okay. So then we get to the pre-chorus um which is I want to kiss you like the first time, hold you like it's not goodbye, wish I hadn't been so cruel. I want to let all my defenses down, scream until you hear me out. I'll lay it on the line for you. Um, and I think it's on I Want to Kiss You that that, like, very country acoustic guitar comes in. Mm-hmm. Like, it just gets more and more country as it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that line, I want to kiss you, you like the first time. Like, that reminds me of, like, early Taylor Swift. Like, that sort of mm. first kiss. I think that's a country theme. Like, she was more yeah. country back then. Like, I Yes. Know. I feel... Yeah, I think that's exactly what I like. I didn't relate it to Taylor Swift, but that makes so much sense because, um, what I was thinking about like the way, like the way he sings this song, it almost sounds like he's like running out of breath. Like when mm-hmm. he says "Hold you like it's not goodbye," um, it's like he sings it in this kind of like desperate way. Like there's a lot of desperation mm-hmm. even in his voice. Um, not to mention like the lyrics of the song, and I feel like this song is like kind of that like self-destructive like desperation like thinking you need this person to live and you're kind of living in like a movie romance world Mm, yeah um where he's like take me back like i want to let all my defenses down scream until you hear me out like in the chorus he talks about very dramatic phrases yeah in the chorus he talks about showing up at your doorstep soaking wet um it's like living in this like yeah like romance movie world where 
all the cliches yeah and you're like just in that like desperate state of like i need i like i just need this person i'll do anything and then i feel like still the last song on the album is like the more mature like acceptance of the fact you're still in love Mm. with someone like it's not desperate it's more just like here it is this is how i feel but this is like what happens before you get to that acceptance stage where you're at the desperation Mm -hmm. take me back i'm gonna show up at your doorstep stage (laughs) soaking wet in the rain coming from the rain (laughs) yeah I'm going to scream until you hear me. I'll lay it all yes. in line for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like the line, wish I hadn't been so cruel. I feel like it, it speaks to Niall's sort of emotional self-awareness mm. um, where he recognizes that he has played a part in sort of the ending of this relationship and maybe mm-hmm. he said things he now regrets yeah i know personally in the heat of the moment <laughs> i can say things that i then afterwards go why did i say that right um and it feels like that's what he's kind of he's like now i'm thinking a little bit more rationally wish i hadn't been so cruel because now i want you to take me back and it feels like maybe i went too far and now it's like it's not yeah fixable. yeah well and like the line i want to let all my defenses down makes it sound like he wasn't doing that before like he wasn't being vulnerable before he was like being guarded and like now that he's lost his person he's like okay i want to like be open now Mm -hmm. and then the line scream until you hear me out makes Mm. me sound like maybe the other person didn't give him the chance to like say his feelings right like he still has stuff that he feels like has been left unsaid and he wants to just like be able to say it all out Mm -hmm. like and present everything out there um, yeah. before they like maybe they cut him off and say nope I'm not I'm not we're not going forward with this like uh-huh. I'm done but he's like no let me say everything and then make your decision mm-hmm. you know let me lay it all out on the line before you say no yeah yeah totally um so then we move into the chorus um and my first note was chorus is very very country <laughs> <laughs> yeah like as i said it just like keeps getting more and more country and like the chorus is like the culmination of like yes <laughs> that um i also really like the way that the music of the chorus comes in when he says my mind's made up there's like this i said i wrote whoop i don't think that is really <laughs> gonna tell you anything but it's like the mu- the chorus music comes in like all at once and almost feels like it curves in or like mm. curls in. I don't know if that makes any sense to anyone. <laughs> like, I wish I knew what you were talking about. I don't know. I'm not familiar listen, with it. Listen, next enough. time you listen to the song, just like <laughs> listen when he's like, my mind's made up and then pff, the music kind of comes in okay. in this like really interesting way. Um, and again, like Heartbreak Weather, this is a song where the verses and the chorus kind of move into each other. Or at yes. least the verse moves into the chorus because he kind of sings the last verse of the, the last line of the verse and the first line of the chorus as though they were the same line because he says I'll lay it on the line for you my mind's made up mm-hmm. um, and my mind's made it, up is the first line of the chorus um, and it almost feels like the chorus is him laying it all on the line Ooh, yes. and, like putting himself out there do you want to like do you want to read the chorus I forgot sure. that we hadn't read it yet yeah <laughs> I just started talking about it <laughs> My mind's made up. Take me back. Take me back to San Francisco. I know what we had would never last. 
Now I can't let go of you. I might show up on your doorstep soaking wet. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. You can ignore <laughs> this for now. <laughs> Say I'm done running from the one that I want so bad. Take me back. Take me back. Because that's him, like, really being vulnerable there. He's like, yeah. I'm not going to I'm gonna put my defenses down. I just want to go back. Like, I'm mm-hmm. here to beg, you know, yep. take me back. Because I feel like take me back is both, like, take me back to that point in the relationship, like, the beginning of the relationship, San Francisco. Uh-huh. And, like, he just wants to sort of revert back to where they were in that happy space. But it's also, like, almost asking the person to take him back into the relationship. Like, yeah. So it, it's, like, dual meaning. Totally there. double meaning, yes. Um, yeah, where um, Caitlin tripped up on the lyrics is because um, the lyrics of this chorus are actually a bit of a mystery. Because um, if you look at, like, the lyric booklet of what Niall wrote, the lyrics are written as, out of my control, show up on your door. No, it's out of my control on your doorstep or something like that. It's, like, very confusing. What? That's got to be a misprint. (laughs) I know. But when you listen to it, it kind of almost sounds like he's saying, um, I can't let go of you, out of my, show up at your doorstep. Like, out of my, in parentheses, control. Show up on your doorstep. Like, control isn't sung. But, like, next time you listen to it, listen for that. Because it does sound like he's saying, out of my, show up on your doorstep. Interesting. But I definitely hear, like, what makes more sense is, I might show up on your doorstep. Right. But, yeah, it's apparently out of my, show up on your doorstep. And then control, I guess we're just supposed to know it's there. (laughs) (laughs) That's like Harry's lyrics when it's like, yes. In the bridge, it says golden, and you're like, no, it doesn't. It's, it doesn't it's a silent. That. It's a silent lyric, like a silent letter, but a silent word. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> huh. Very interesting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I love this chorus. It's really fun to sing and like feel the sadness. Mm-hmm. Um. And I feel like I've definitely been here before, and like specifically like. I might show up on your doorstep soaking wet. Like, I, I definitely know, like, <laughs> when I was a teenager and, like, a young adult, um, like, the first person I was in love with, I was, like, in love with for a really long time after we, like, broke up. Just because I was, like, I had very false romantic ideas of love, like, mm-hmm. in a dangerous way of, like, what true love was and soulmates and, like, kind of, like, Romeo right. and Juliet-esque thinking, yeah. Um, like, this is the only person for me. Um, and I definitely tortured myself with thoughts of this person showing up at my doorstep. Mm. And it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was just like that, you know, like, you're a teenager and you're like in love for the first time. Yeah. And you're like, this is what love is. Like, right. she's going to show up at my doorstep and like, we're going to yeah. get married yes. at 19. <laughs> <laughs> yup. <laughs> Yeah, also, like, the, the showing up soaking wet is, like, another weather reference because it's, like, soaking wet. The rain, I think, yes. was because of rain. Yes. Um, so it's, like, this is very, he's in the heartbreak weather all over again. Yeah. Which is what he was trying to escape from the beginning. In the beginning, he thought he was escaping heartbreak weather in the right. first song, Heartbreak Weather. But now he's, like, it's raining again, you know. He's going to show up on the doorstep wet. But it is it is also, like, got to be the reference to romantic movies and, like, The Notebook and whatnot. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah again the weather just like fits so well yeah um yeah and then it's interesting too like there's a lot of kind of conflicting I feel like there's so many conflicting things he's kind of throwing around in this song which I think kind of adds to like the desperate feel of it because mm-hmm. it's not like this is the song isn't from like a place of clarity even though he says my mind's made up this mm-hmm. song is not coming from a place of like clarity right because yeah. at one point he says in the chorus I know what we had would never last right so it's like okay does that mean what you had before wouldn't last and you want to build something new that will mm-hmm. or are you saying like we aren't gonna last but I still want you back <laughs> right yeah it is it's kind of like an amalgam of thoughts that he's having and like yes yeah because then he says um i want to say i'm done running from the one that i want so bad so like has he been running from this person like they've been trying to be with him but he's been running away but now it seems like he wants to be with them and they don't because he's like take me back Mm -hmm. it's like a lot of confusion happening i i also took the say i'm done running from the one i want so bad as not running from as in not like running away from but like running towards maybe like could that could that be could you could you run from like but but you're running because like I sort of took it as a because like say I'm done running because the one I don't know what I'm saying (laughs) like this was my interpretation in my head for some reason was he's gonna say that he's finished running to try to chase this other person not the person he's talking to but some other like sort of person he was chasing while in the relationship so like like running because he was trying to chase someone else and he's done with that now and he really just wants to focus on this person interesting it just made me think of bend the rules i guess and like right like sort of the how it seems like in the relationship, each of them were kind of also with other people at points. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's what it made me think of, but maybe, maybe that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I think it could. I feel like I also like um, look at it with the lyric before. Like I might show up on your doorstep soaking wet and tell you I'm done running. Right. Okay, from, like yeah. I'm done running from this relationship. Like I want to be with yeah. you. Um, that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> I also do, like, I know I just said, like, this song is, doesn't seem like it's coming from a place of clarity, but, like, in the beginning of the chorus, he says, my mind's made up, which obviously is, like, a, well, it's, like, a final statement, like, mm-hmm. decisive. Like, and I really like that. Like, my mm-hmm. mind's made up, like, I know that I want you kind of yeah. thing. But I feel like it's, like, even though he says my mind's made up, I think he's still in, like, a confused state, which will be more evidenced in verse two. Right, yeah. So now we have verse two, which is drunk dialin, full divin. Don't you tell me that it's too late now. Cause I'm pacing, I keep breaking. Is there a way to make it up somehow? I felt like this was so country. Yeah. Drunk dialing. Aww. That is so country. The way he sung it and also, also just the, the yeah imagery of it. The don't you don't you tell me that it's too late now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I feel like references to drinking and being drunk. I mean, mm-hmm. they happen in all songs, but specifically the way this one's sung, it felt yes. very... And it's, again, those. I think it's because it's those short sort of 
statements where it's Mm -hmm. not a sentence it's like drunk dialing full dive in they're just like statements that seem to reference country patterns in songwriting yeah and after he sings too late now there's that country-esque guitar riff Mm. that's like yeah um but yeah i feel like this verse really shows the desperation of this song yeah um and like what i was saying before about how like it doesn't feel like it's coming from a place of clarity like he's like drunk and then like calling this person and like full dive in makes me think of like you're just like fully diving into these emotions of like Mm. you're like drunk and you're like yes like i need to be with this person like don't tell me it's too late like i'm pacing like can i make (laughs) it up somehow like yeah it just yeah yeah, that definitely sounds like that. And, like, full dive in. He's, again, like, repeating, like, I'm ready. I'm ready this time. I'm ready to, you know, mm-hmm. go all the way and take things seriously. And But know. meanwhile, he's but it's, drunk. He's drunk, right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, and again with the, like, um, showing that he feels like he did something to this person. Because he says, like, is there a way to make it up somehow? Yeah. Um, what did you do, Niall? Oh, then the rules happen. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> um, like, also, what part of... I know some songs on the album are written from, like, another person's perspective. Yeah. So, like, you know? Yeah. He's know. singing He's singing this from the perspective of his, of his ex-lover, who just desperately wants him back, because he's just <laughs> <laughs> that amazing. <laughs> He got a drunk dialed message yeah. the next morning and was like, I'm going to write a song about this. But it makes me think, Ben, the rules could be written from the other person's perspective, too. Oh, but for I kind sure. of think they both kind of, it seems like based on those lyrics, they both hurt each other in yeah. that song. Yeah, I think so. Um, so then we move into the uh, pre chorus, which is the same as the first. No, it's not. It's not the same as the first. It is. Um, I want to kiss you like the first time, hold you like it's not goodbye, before you fall for somebody new. Somebody. I think it's someone. Yeah. Um, I want to let all my defenses down, scream until you hear me out. I know that I'll be good to you. Which is kind of... hearing you... What? Oh, no, you go ahead. I was going to say, hearing you read it makes me... This reminds me a lot of, like, early 1D stuff, too. Like, that sort of dramatic teenage love we were talking about. Yeah. I feel like that's sort of the style that 1D's first two albums were written in. Yeah. Um, Before You Fall for Someone New, there's so much of that in the early 1D songs. Yes. I loved you first. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, Last First Kiss. Yes. Like, where you're in that idea that, like, you're a teenager, but this is going to be the last first kiss you had. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, it also like it's so funny because I feel like when I listen to this song, I really feel it in a in a very like like genuine, like sweet way. Like it just seems mm-hmm. really sad and like I really relate to it. Um, but then like reading through these lyrics in this like analytical way makes me see it in a different light because of all of the like him admitting his faults, like yeah i was cruel to you um is there a way to make it up somehow i know that i'll be good to you Mm. it's like okay were you not good to me before right 
Like, yeah. that's I, like a very something someone would say who's gonna frick it up again. Yeah, I know I'll be good. Exactly, it, it's something someone would say who isn't gonna be it. good to you. Because <laughs> yes. if you were gonna be good to someone, you would just be good to them. You wouldn't need to say yeah. it. Right. Like, exactly. I feel like if someone drunk dialed me and was like, "I promise I'll be good to you," I'd be like, <laughs> "Frick off!" Nope. <laughs> <laughs> away, get away. <laughs> Sorry, Niall. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, you're right. The way he sings it makes you think there's like a sweetness and a tenderness. But then mm-hmm. like you really interpret the lyrics and you're like, ooh. Yeah. This but is it, like a desperate drunk dial. It is. It's so, it's totally a desperate drunk dial. <laughs> but I feel like it works so well in the album because the album is like a chorus of a relationship. And I feel like a lot of, like most people who've like had like romantic relationships have probably had this experience of like a time when you've done this or like a time when you've mm-hmm. been in this space of like maybe you hurt someone or like said something mean and or like maybe you want someone back or like yeah you know I feel like it's just like part of the journey um mm-hmm. and I really like it moving into still because like I feel like still is like if someone came to me with still Sober. I would be like yes <laughs> I will take you back yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because this is, like, that, yeah, like, drunk, desperate stage, and then still is, like, the clarity of... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also in this pre-chorus, I think there's, like, a steel guitar happening. There's some steel guitar-sounding noises in the background mm. that add to the country feel of it. Um, and then we have the next chorus, and... In this chorus, the vocals are, like, um, doubled up or maybe, like, tripled up. I'm not sure. Um, It's not, like, a harmony. It's just, like, there's multiple of his voices kind of singing the chorus. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the same as the first one. And then we have the bridge, which is really short. It's not really a full bridge. It's just him saying, my mind's made up, 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 up. That, Um, like, went into a pop zone for me. Like that, yeah. that type of bridge. It went more poppy. Yeah, because after he sings My Mind's Made Up, um, he sings the first part of the last chorus really quiet. So when he says, mm. um, and take me back, take me back to San Francisco, I know what we had could never last. Now I can't let go of you. And all of that mm. is like, the music is really quiet in the background. He's singing in this really soft kind of breathy way. Mm-hmm. Um and then when he sings I Might, the music all comes back in to mm. the end. Um, and then in the outro, he just say, says, um, and take me back, take me back, repeated. And the piano comes back. So I feel like there was that piano in the beginning and then it like goes into all this like country feel and then like you kind of forget that the piano was there and then like the piano like comes back at the end and you're like oh wait there's that piano yeah it is interesting the piano at the beginning doesn't really like like it doesn't show up in the country bits yeah it's an it's really interesting like intro and outro of the song yeah just have this piano i like on the repeated take me back you can hear his voice like flutter at one point like it Mm. feels really like he's really emoting yeah. while he sings and like singing it plus like repetition in general in general 
especially the lyrics take me back take me back it almost made me feel like it was like dorothy style clicking her red shoes together like yeah. wishing to go home yeah it's like he just wants to go back, back to, to where they were time. yeah totally yeah um and then the song ends with an o oh Oh, yes. <laughs> that sounded like the um, Hannah Montana. Oh, <laughs> oh you God. get the live around front. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> There's this sound on TikTok that I think it's Hannah Montana. It's all the O's. And yes. So, have you heard that? It's got to be that. It's so hilarious. No. <laughs> it's just like, oh, oh, oh. And then I'll stop and I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> For like a whole minute. <laughs> that oh my god that's pretty great that's so funny um so yeah that's san francisco um i feel like i wasn't sure how it was gonna go um comparing the songs but i feel like it was really just just came really naturally because these songs are so related yeah it did um i gotta say i think this was like one of the best nile song discussions we've ever had <laughs> I feel like we really got somewhere with it. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I I just love this album so much. I love these two songs so much. Um, and I don't know. I hope I just it's hard because, like, obviously, Niall is successful. But I feel like mm-hmm. he hasn't, like, fully broken into, like, where I feel like he maybe should be. Because I just feel like some yeah. of these songs are just, like, so good. And I feel like they make sense on, like, pop radio. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Also, it's, like, yeah. weird times because it's quarantine. So, like, who knows what would have happened if he had, like, been yeah. able to do his tour and, like, do radio promo and stuff. Like, right. and it just, it makes me sad for yeah. this album because I'm, like, is this album never going to get its time to shine? Because... By the time he tours again, he's going to have new songs. And, like, this album is just so freaking good. And it's so cohesive. It is weird to think about what would have been. Yeah. Like, if if he had been able to promote it. Because he's someone who will do all the different radio shows. Yeah. Unlike Harry or Louis, who didn't do that much promo. Right. And I love when Niall does promo because he's so personable and, like, I feel like his mm-hmm. interviews and, like, radio spots are always, like, so fun to watch just because he always has, like, a good time. And mm-hmm. he just has a really good way of, like, connecting with people. Yeah. He's, He's so candid. Yeah. Um, As far as music videos for these songs go, we technically got a music video for Heartbreak Weather because he put out um, he put out a music video for Heartbreak Weather that was, like, all of the clips from those little – Oh, yeah. Weather report spots. <laughs> and I do feel like that fit, and that was fun. Um, yeah. And as far as San Francisco, like, because San Francisco is such a beautiful city, there are so many options for, like, a music video for this song. And yes. I wish that, that we would have gotten one. It would be so cool if he, like, walked around the streets of San Francisco. Yes. I feel like it would have to be, like, at night – and you would see all, like, this twinkling lights of the city, and it would be, like, yeah, him walking around or, like, standing on a balcony, like, looking sad. I don't know. I just feel like yeah. this would be would have been a cool music video. 
Yeah. Oh, I could even see it being like a duet, like for the for the single making it a duet and have like two different people like walking around San Francisco but always like missing each other or something. Yeah. Like they both want to go back to the relationship or back to where they were and they're kind of haunted by the city. Yeah. I think that would be cool. Um I don't think we'll get San Francisco as like a single or anything just because it is like a sadder, slower song. Mm-hmm. Um and it seems like we're not getting any more singles from this album in general. Mm-hmm. But if we were, I feel like Heartbreak Mother would make a great one. Yeah. I also I feel like Small Talk, though, like needed to I be know. a single. And I think we yes. need to discuss that song next because I've been like listening to that. I like that is that song is like like skyrocketed up in my like ranking. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe they're saving it. It could be, like, saved for next summer or something. Because I feel like... Oh, yeah. Maybe they didn't want to waste it on a quarantine summer. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. It'll be really interesting to see how how this whole situation affects, like, the music world and the boys specifically. Like, what's going to happen with, yeah, everything. Yeah. And will these songs ever get their time in the sun? I know. <laughs> so sad. Um, okay, so this is going to be a long episode. It already is a long episode. Ooh, it's a really long episode. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we were discussing two songs. Mm-hmm. I, think I think that going in, I thought our discussions were going to be shorter. I think because usually with Nile songs, they are. <laughs> yeah, but Caitlin brought, like, the references. She did the research. I don't know why I had so much to say, but I did. I mean, no one's ever complained about our episodes being too long. So no. <laughs> I think it's okay. <clears throat> but um, what we've been doing um, every week is a segment where we kind of talk about um, – we started talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and it's a little bit of, like, an accountability hour, like – um, to keep this discussion going, um, pr- like, I feel like, uh, you know, the news cycle is, like, trying to turn over, but protests are still happening, like, full force mm-hmm. um, all across the U.S., um, and we just want to, like, do our part to just be bringing awareness to issues and continuing that conversation. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, as we go, the segment's kind of going to continue to evolve and what we decided this week is that we're going to consolidate and instead of like each of us bringing a separate thing to the table we're just going to talk about one thing um partially because uh when we've talked about like separate things it's it's like I think it's not as impactful because it's like a lot of information to take in so I feel like focusing on one thing is just going to be easier for people to absorb (laughs) yeah um so like that's kind of the main um, the main reason. And this week, the topic that I want to talk about, I have a lot of feelings about it, so hopefully I, this won't be too long, but probably it's going to be long. Um, I wanted to talk about cancel culture. Um, so I don't, like, depending on if you're a listener of this podcast, depending on what kind of other media you consume, um, you might know a lot about this or you might, like, not. So I'll try to kind of talk about it, um, assuming that you might not know a lot about it, just in case. Um, But this is a concept that has been, um, it's kind of a new concept 
in like mainstream um and i would say in the last like few years it's like very popular on social media so you'll see like twitter like trending twitter things like um you know blah 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 is canceled mm-hmm. um and so there's this kind of um like counter <laughs> ideas emerged of like people being anti-cancel culture um people polarize so quickly they really do on social media <laughs> yeah and like everything this topic is very complex um it's really relevant to the boys because um there has definitely been times where people have canceled various uh, the various boys for different reasons um and there's been times where people have just offered cri- criticism and then other people have been like oh my god cancel culture is horrible mm-hmm. um so i think it's relevant to the One Direction boys for sure, and it's also relevant to anti-racism because a lot of people who um, kind of will come out saying like, oh, cancel culture is so horrible, um, it's kind of a way sometimes to ignore or like push aside racism yes. when the person being canceled has done something racist. Um, mm-hmm. And... Um, so last week, Jenna Marbles, who's a big YouTuber, did an apology video where she apologized for some racist stuff she did in her past. And the reaction to that video has, like, infuriated me to <laughs> the ends of the earth. <laughs> and so that's what, like, spurred me to want to talk about this. Um, so, yeah, that's, like, the summary. Did you have anything, Caitlin? Should I just keep going? No, you're good to keep going. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, if you haven't watched Jenna Marbles' video, so I'm a huge Jenna Marbles fan. Like, I'm obsessed with her. I've been watching her videos for a really long time. And she has changed a lot over the years. When she was younger, um, her videos were definitely more, like, questionable. Um, she would definitely do a lot of things that were – um kind of problematic and like she definitely did some racist stuff and now she's just like a really really different person um and the content she makes now is like just really kind and nice and she's all about being just like making people happy um and having fun and she's like you know a source of like light for a lot of people um and she in the past had done a few videos that were racist so she did a video where she impersonated Nicki Minaj that was she was using blackface and it was it was pretty bad um and a lot of people have kind of defended that saying like well she didn't actually put on blackface she just had a really dark tan um but I think like even just her having a a really dark tan in and of itself is (laughs) a problem Mm -hmm. and she dressed up like her like I think she put a bunch of pillows so it looked like she had a big butt um and someone on Twitter, um, let me find the tweet, um, at uh, Lavender Street or Lavender ST said, um, at best, the Nicki Minaj video was a racist caricature of her slash black women. It's undeniable the video is not okay. Again, not for Jenna who already knows and handled this. I'm saying this to those who don't think it's a problem. So even mm-hmm. if she wasn't using blackface, it was still a racist caricature. Um, and Jenna recognizes that herself, which is why she wanted to apologize for it. 
so she deleted the video um a long time ago she or she privated it so people can't see it anymore but she started this video basically talking about how she wanted to she had been called to apologize for some of the stuff she's done and she was like and i want to do that she talked about this being a purge of anything and everything toxic like this time is like a a purge (laughs) um and i was like yes like i was like really excited to hear her say that and i think the problem what happened is that um people's reaction to the video was to just have sympathy for jenna and to be angry at Mm. cancel culture for making her do this um which isn't what happened so no one was trying to cancel Jenna. No one was um, being mean to her. She decided on her own accord to make this video and apologize for these things she's done in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people got really upset by that and, like, are blaming cancel culture. And I just mm-hmm. want to say, like, if your first thought after seeing that video was sympathy for Jenna and not sympathy for the people that she hurt with her racism, right. then you need to kind mm-hmm. of do some self reflection about that mm-hmm. um did you watch this video no i haven't okay seen it. so in it she said i've always been uncomfortably being called an unproblematic queen because a lot of people referred to her that way and she was like i'm a person i've done bad stuff in my past and i don't like being called that um and still people <laughs> were like this is why you're unproblematic this is why you're an unproblematic right. queen because you're you're apologizing and it's like she literally said she's not comfortable with that because it's like making her out to be on a pedestal right um and there's a lot of good critique about this um the video and kind of the the backlash from the video so one of the um one of the videos that I want everyone to watch is a YouTuber who is called Amanda BB um and the video that she made is called let's talk about cancel culture and she talks about this video and everything she says is like brilliant so you definitely like need to go watch it and i just have a couple quotes from the video that i wanted to see or to to read um so um one of the things she talked about was um when you see tweets being brought up from the past um like a creator or an artist um someone will you know dig up something they said when they were kids something racist and a lot of times the response is oh we all did stupid stuff as teenagers um Mm -hmm. and so amanda was like what kind of evil stuff were you all a part of when you were 13 i was a one direction stand that's what i was doing (laughs) (laughs) you pull up my old tweets and it's about one direction so i'm confused why you all were terrible people when you were 14 15 it's really alarming um which i think is an important point because i see that a lot when like artists you know stuff will come out about their past and the defense of their fans is like you know oh they were kids right and it's like well not all kids like were you know said these horrible things but i think it also points to just how pervasive racism is and that the fact that people seem to think that as a as a white teenager you just go through a racist phase is right. like really a problem yeah. <laughs> yeah like the fact that people see this as normal like oh he was just a kid right it's like well that's not really normal like that's not good um yeah 
And another thing she said was that the response to Jenna's video kind of seemed like people were saying, can't you guys just be comfortable with blackface so my unproblematic woke queen Jenna Marbles can continue to pump out content for me? Um, oh, my God. <laughs> and then she also said no one canceled her and that this is playing into white woman victimhood. Um, so Jenna came to take responsibility uh, for doing racist things. And the first thing people did was to take that responsibility away from her and to blame cancel culture mm -hmm. for making her make the video. And so this is another kind of important right. concept to understand is this white woman victimhood. And I feel like Jenna really undermined the purpose of her video by getting teary because she got teary and she cried. And mm. by doing that, she gave her fans the impression of like, oh no, like poor Jenna. Like now she is the victim. Right. And if you look at her video, you look at Twitter, you look anywhere, you know, most people, like almost everyone is like, oh my God, poor Jenna. Everyone is seeing her as a victim mm -hmm. and they're seeing her as a victim of cancel culture. And they're saying things like, wow, cancel culture is so toxic. This is the worst thing to happen in 2020. Um, and it's like, you can feel sad that she's going through this hard thing, but like, um, for people who are being called out for their racism, um, the trauma that you, if you've done something racist, especially if you have like a huge platform, like Jenna does, the trauma that you've put on to people of color um, is way worse than what, you know, she might be going through now. So, like, yeah. you can be sad for her, but, like, the trauma of racism that she perpetuated and benefited off of mm -hmm. is much worse than what she's going through right now. Um, yeah. And just these are consequences. If you are racist on the internet, these are the consequences. And, yes, it happened a long time ago, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that it's not relevant and it doesn't mean that like people aren't still hurt by it like if someone mm -hmm. slaps you and then like five years go by and then they want to be your friend and you're like no you slap me in the face and they're like oh come on that was a long time right. ago that wouldn't make you feel better yeah. <laughs> right yeah because like yeah time doesn't mean that things <laughs> yeah. go away or like what well, didn't happen now especially if it hasn't been talked about or apologized if there, you receive no apology then why should you think anything's different right exactly yeah. um and also like um a video like this where she's apologizing for racism so she did the, the Nicki Minaj, Minaj video and then she also did a music video for a song she wrote called bounce that dick um, where she made a really racist joke against Asian people that, like, I literally don't even want to repeat because it's so gross. Um, and you can tell in the video that she feels extremely embarrassed that she did that. Mm -hmm. Like, current day Jenna is like, I can't believe I did that. But she did it. Right? right? She's evolved and she's changed, but she's still the same person. And so it's right for her to apologize. But she is not apologizing to white people for that and so it's not up to white people to forgive her so mm -hmm. like if you're a white person and you're trying to forgive her for those things like that's actually not your decision um as white people we shouldn't be accepting apologies that like aren't meant for us um and i think this is partially her fault in not really being clear about directing her apology like she should have been more clear like i am sorry to asian people for perpetuating and contributing to racism um instead she was kind of just like i'm sorry to anyone i offended which is a little right. vague 
I hate those vague apologies that people do. Yeah. And, like, she was specific in that she brought up the, like, the things she did. She actually showed the videos and, Mm -hmm. like, named them. But she wasn't specific in her apology. And Mm -hmm. she also, like, I don't know. I think she probably is, like, this is kind of my take on it is that I think she is trying to grapple with her complicitness in racism Mm -hmm. and I think she's seeing it in a way that she probably hasn't before obviously Mm -hmm. she knew she realized those things were racist because she privated them a long time ago Mm -hmm. so like a long time ago she realized like oh this wasn't cool I'm gonna take this off the internet but I think now because of everything going on in the world she probably is realizing in a more uh direct way like um how much she like you know how complicit she is Right. I'm assuming that's what's going on. I'm hoping that's what's going on, and that's why she felt like she was so emotional. Because um, she's, like, almost there, but not quite, you know? <laughs> like, she did this yeah. video, which was great, but then she, like, cried a bunch. And then it's just like, right. okay, so now it seems like you're the victim. And then she left YouTube. She was like, I'm leaving this channel, which kind of seemed like a punishment. Wait, she's not – she's done with YouTube now? Yeah, for now. Well, that's the that's the easy escape. Exactly. It's the easy escape. And it's like – yeah, it's really upsetting because um, I'm going to find this person's tweet because they talked about this. Um, okay, so I was trying to find this tweet, but I can't find it, so I must have not have saved it. But basically the person was saying, like, um, her leaving YouTube is um, just pretty lame because she could have, um, for example, used her channel and her platform to talk about racism, educate people. She could have invited people of color on to give them a platform. She could have given away her channel to a person of color. Like, there's a lot of things she could have done. And yeah. just leaving all together is like, okay, so you're just going to go into your mansion with your millions right. of dollars and, and then we're all going to be sad because you left. Like, that doesn't help anyone. Yeah. And I feel like if she wanted a break from YouTube, because she said in the video, I'm not having fun anymore. Mm. And, I'm, and I think she probably meant, like, I am embarrassed that I did this and I want to leave to think about my life and my choices. Right. But it sounded like what she was saying. Like, if you don't know her or you don't haven't watched her, it sounds like what she's saying is, like, I'm being called out and I have to talk about serious stuff now so I'm not having fun anymore and I'm out. Yeah. Um, and she just really missed an opportunity to actually do some good because – apologizing is great uh changing your ways is great but what's even better is making some reparations you know you hurt someone now give something back to them yeah that'll be a cool thing to do um and then i'm just gonna read a couple of tweets from people that i liked um this person uh is at l-a-s-a-n-i-a-a-a on twitter and said, Jenna Marbles admitted to being racist, apologized, and voluntarily deplatformed. And you all are making the white woman the victim. She held herself accountable, and white people are mad because it sets the bar too high for them. It seems that most people didn't know about any of the stuff she talked about. There definitely haven't been calls to cancel Jenna Marbles. Her career is not destroyed. She's one of the most famous creators ever and has enough money to sustain herself for a long time. 
To say she's been bullied is incorrect. She chose to make those decisions a decade ago and chose to bring them to light and talk about it and put her channel on hold. The fact that so many people are saying this is their 2020 breaking point. Oh my God, get a grip. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This person at H-E-S-P-E-R-O-C-N-I-D-E. I couldn't figure out how that was supposed to be said. Um, said people miss that it's not about a couple of racist moments. The whole story is Jenna benefited from those videos, from white privilege, from a platform that she has promoted racism and white supremacy. If she's really learning, she knows this and is trying to integrate it. The reason I know she doesn't really get it is if she had full realization, she would know what effect white women's tears have and would have spoken to these things and would have asked her audience to start anti-racism work for themselves. As a woman of color, I'm not, no, I'm not naming a deliberate action. I am saying that she's ignorant to the completely omnipresent mechanisms of the white supremacist structure we live under and of her own actions within that structure. I'm also saying you are ignorant of these mechanisms. That was a response to someone. Um, but I thought that was really important mm-hmm. um, and a like really good take. <laughs> yeah. Um, that it's not just like she did this one thing. It's like the whole thing. Right. Um, and then um, Francesca Ramsey is someone that you guys should all go follow on Twitter. Um, her Twitter is at Cheska Lee and um She just has a lot of great things to say, Um, but she specifically said this about cancel culture. Um, Cancel culture truly has no meaning. Y'all will call your fave celebrity facing the smallest amount of heat being canceled. Meanwhile, meanwhile, they're still wealthy AF and free to do whatever they want. Being deliberate about who slash what you support or consume isn't cancel culture. Also, do you realize that if folks choose to no longer support a brand, celebrity, whatever you like, you you can keep enjoying them? what you eat doesn't make me shit (laughs) something you like isn't canceled because i'm no longer giving it my time attention money Mm -hmm. um and then in quotes cancel culture doesn't help anyone learn um last time i checked a trending hashtag isn't stopping anyone from picking up a book not to mention it's not the job of the oppressed to teach anybody I also find it odd that when a celeb finally apologizes, their mentions slash comments are filled with, you don't need to apologize, queen, we love you, they're just sensitive. Why are you threatened by a celeb you have no personal relationship with taking accountability for their shit? Here's the thing, we live in a society that pushes a lot of really harmful ideals about race, gender, sex, bodies, class, intelligence, etc. Of course you're going to internalize that shit, and some of it you don't realize you're internalizing, ingesting, you just think that's how it is. Um... She just, like, goes on in this thread to say a lot, a lot of other um, great stuff. So you should just go read it. Um, and, yeah. So I feel like, obviously, this is a lot about Jenna, but I just think it's relevant to a lot of stuff that happens in the One Direction fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, because people get really upset when they think someone they like is – being quote-unquote canceled i think it's just really important to understand what that really means um and also like i think specifically with the boys like i remember um harry uh when he was on tour and he would wave rainbow flags and run around on stage with rainbow flags and people got upset because they were like you're not saying anything about the black lives matter movement you're not speaking about it like what about you know you're doing all this stuff for queer people but what about 
black people. And mm-hmm. he did take that criticism and and ended up um, like changing his ways. But I remember when that was all happening, a lot of fans were really upset and basically like, you know, Harry can do no wrong. Um, right. And like, oh, you're canceling Harry because of this. Um, so I just think it's a really relevant conversation to our fandom. Yeah. Like there's ways to critique people. You don't need to put them on a pedestal. You know, yeah. everything doesn't have to be perfect. If they're out here in the public eye, then you can critique them and comment yeah. when they do things that are racist or sexist or homophobic, mm-hmm. all of which <laughs> has happened in the fandom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and also just because someone is is not as bad as someone else doesn't mean that what they're doing is okay. And right. I, I see a lot of that with Harry, and, I, and I'm seeing a lot of that with Jenna, of a ton of people being like, oh, so Jenna's canceled, but Shane Dawson still has fans or whatever. And it's like, just because he is worse doesn't mean that her racism was okay. Right. And it's the yeah. same with Harry. Just because Harry is generally a pretty great person doesn't mean that when he does something hurtful, it doesn't count. Yeah. It still counts. Just, you know, just so just because someone is, there's not like, I think people think of people as, like, this binary of, like, a good person versus a bad person. Right. And that's just not how it is. Yeah. It's, like, this just in personal life, when someone hurts you and they come back with, but, like, I've done all these nice things, too. It's, like, that doesn't mean what you did didn't hurt me, though. I know you do nice things, but this thing you did was painful. Right. Exactly. And, like, the reason that... Um, you know, people might hold uh, artists or, like, you know, people, um, like, celebrities to a higher standard is because they have an audience and a platform. And, like, what people need to realize is that what's happening when, like, someone with a big platform does something racist or says something racist is that they're giving their fans permission to do that, too. Mm -hmm. So it's not just that jenna maybe said that joke like 10 years ago it's also that like millions of people watched that and they saw that and said like oh well maybe i should say that too or maybe it's okay i said that or they were watching that and they were a person of color and they were like wow that's really hurtful yeah um like people are watching you like and if you're someone who has you know hundreds or thousands or millions of followers you have to be even more responsible yeah um definitely yeah i mean just like look at donald trump and how when he got into office people were like emboldened to just be so blatantly racist in a way that like we hadn't really seen in a while and it's because like they had permission from someone in power right um so yeah sorry if that was long and rambly i feel like i had notes but um i don't know hopefully it made sense no, it did. Okay. Thank you for discussing that and planning that discussion. <laughs> this segment is like, obviously, it's like evolving. So I feel like last week I had like history stuff that was written out, and then this week was just kind of a rant. But mm-hmm. it's all good. <laughs> um. So yeah, let us know what you guys think. Um, if you have. Uh, if you have, like, thoughts or opinions on, like, this segment or stuff, like, you want us to talk about, definitely, like, let us know. 
um, because we'll obviously continue to kind of evolve it as we go. And I'll work on making it shorter because <laughs> I, I like that was 30 minutes. I want to say, <laughs> I'm sorry, I like to talk. I have a podcast. <laughs> I think that the 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 um. We also did two song discussions, we so did. that's why it felt like you shouldn't have said it. But I think, like, the content that you said was really important. Okay. So, like, screw the episode being really Should long. Should I edit like... some of it out? No. Okay. I don't think so. All right. <laughs> it was just, like, we did two song discussions, so then it looks that's like true. you talked for longer. But oh, it's like we true. also had a long episode, so. That's true. Okay. So... Um, that's our episode today. Do you have a recommendation for us, Caitlin? I do. My recommendation this week is to listen to Hyam's new album, Woman in Music Part 3. Yes. Now, I say Hyam because I've recently learned that's how it's pronounced, but I've always said Haim or Haim or I don't know how to pronounce it, yeah. but I looked it up and it's Hyam, like the Hebrew word life. Right. I always say Haim. Haim. <laughs> Yeah, I never knew until recently. Um, and I've never really gotten into their music besides like a couple times like listening to their singles, but I've been listening to this album on repeat. It came out on Friday and I particularly like the song Man from the Magazine, which is a very Joni Mitchell-esque song that calls out sexist men and I enjoy it. Um, yeah, that's my recommendation. Awesome. I've listened to a few songs um, off of this, but I have not listened to the whole thing yet. You should. I know. I'm saving it. Savoring it. <laughs> um, my recommendation is a YouTuber um, named Kelly Stamps. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with her. Um, she is a black woman, and she has a YouTube channel, and there's just something very special and magical about her. She has this, like, extremely deadpan humor. Um, like, I can't even describe it. It's just – it's really great. Um and yeah, her channel is Kelly Stamps and she makes kind of a variety of videos. Um, she has some kind of like videos about like starting a YouTube channel. Um, and then she has like some like advice videos and like some like minimal minimalism videos. But she just like has the like greatest humor. Um, I've seen a couple people kind of compare her to Aubrey Plaza. But, like, mm. I feel like I've watched Avi Plaza in the office a little bit, and, like, I didn't really get it. Like, I mean, I think she was, like, fine, but I, was, I wasn't, like, that enthralled by the, her kind of humor. Mm. But with Kelly Stamps, I'm, like, she's just... In Parks and Rec? Parks and Rec, that's what it is, yeah. I think mm. just those shows in general, I've never, like... I'll, I'll watch them and enjoy them, but I've never, like, fully gotten it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like... I can't relate I know. To that. People, like, are obsessed with those shows and, like... I just never have been. I don't know why. <laughs> but go watch Kelly Stamps on YouTube. She's so, so funny. And just, like, really enjoyable and, like, has great content, too. Cool. Uh, we'd love to hear what you thought about this show and your opinions on anything we discussed today. Please feel free to send us news stories or anything One Direction related you would like to hear us talk about on future episodes. Um, thank you for listening to episode 229 of Talk Direction. You can find us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. Email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. Find us on Tumblr at talkdirection.tumblr.com. 
or on Instagram at TalkDirection. And you can follow us individually as well. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at LuciaO, spelled L-U-C-C-I-A-O-H. And Caitlin, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Caitlin I.R. Foster. And Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N. Oh, God. My Siri is talking to me. Oh, no. I don't even have Siri on. Oh, my God. It's been recording what I said. It's Oh, no. <laughs> Rampart Talk Russian and You Can Fall is individually as well. Oh. Okay. Um... um Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash talkdirection, where today on TDDL, we're going to be talking about Lucia's garbage pile of questions. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've heard of this, but um, there's like this thing about the correlation of lack of sleep um, equating to being drunk. And like, I think it's like every hour of sleep you miss is like one drink or something. Hmm. So I feel like that's happened to me. Like... I've lack, I'm like lacking sleep, and so I'm basically like drunk, right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Leave us a review to help more people discover the show, and you can also listen on SoundCloud. I'm Lucia, and I'm Caitlin. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time for episode two thirty. Bye. Bye.